0: I don't know if you've ever had a teacher who's had so, such a long handover as myself. I've had a year. <laughs> I've looked after your children really yeah, well, you know, yeah. in the school, and, you know, they're really happy. I love the stress. I know that sounds a bit crazy. Wow. <laughs> but it's I the do. First, the first I, time ever. That's my style. Yeah. No. Do you know what? I didn't even want to be a teacher. Oh wow. <laughs> I went into education by chance. Um, I actually trained as um, an artist. That I'm a white convert and I sort of want to break down the barriers. You know, how do we know we've been successful? Forget the grades. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about what does success look like for that child. I don't think people know that we exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a proper school. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, because it's a proper school. <laughs> um, a non-Muslim child in our school. Wow. Oh, yes, we do.
1: <laughs>
0: we're proud of who we are, our identity. Yeah. Um, that we're proud of being a Muslim and our...
1: Welcome to the Murabiyun Show, raising awareness of Islamic schools. Busy head teacher, mashallah.
0: Yes, very busy.
1: So, um, what does a busy head teacher have for lunch?
0: <laughs> Don't ask me this question. Um if I'm prepared, yep. um more often than not I'm not. If I'm prepared I'll have a I'll make a sandwich in the morning and okay. I might just gobble it down by ten o'clock <laughs> <if I'm, laughs>
1: and that's lunch. Um
0: if I'm not prepared then it's uh, just quickly get on to delivery and get a sandwich oh. and eat it if I can. Well
1: at least it's but still it, a sandwich, it's still, yeah, still a sandwich. I thought you yeah, were gonna yeah. say it was some like fried food or
0: occasionally a
1: curry or something uh, like that. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: If I'm lucky, I might get school lunch as well. If oh, nice. Any yeah. <laughs> Do
1: you know what? That, that's really nice to hear. You know, a real honest, mashallah, head teacher who's prepared to say, I'm hungry and I need to eat. Yeah. So, you know, let's get on to... I think
0: you have to, because I, I think um, my, my day doesn't begin when the children come in. Uh, my day is quite long. It, yeah. We're, we're here very early and we stay very late.
1: And uh I do get hungry. <laughs> get hungry. <laughs> ah, mashallah. I'm I'm hoping at once at some stage, inshallah, let's see how we get on with this podcast. But it'd be lovely at one point to actually put something together to say, you know, hundred of our Muslim head teachers, this is what they what yeah. they like to eat and this is yeah. how they kind of energize themselves. We might find a common um common uh kind of uh, sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Not for me, but yeah, maybe yeah. for others. Yeah. Okay. Um what what time does your day start? What time does your day usually end?
0: Um, well it can start any time after five o'clock. Wow. But I'm not in school at that time, okay. but I might do some work at home. Sure. Um and it can and at eight o'clock, I can leave school at that time and then sure. go home, do a bit more work as well. Okay. Um, it depends and it depends on the time of the year. So if there's a lot of revision for the children coming come to exams or the start of the year when we're really busy, um, then yeah, the hours are longer. Okay. Um, and then you have stable periods, but I wouldn't say that's what I like about this job. It's not stable in the sense that you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it depends. It's reflected on the time of the year and, and the things that you have to put in place ready sure. for, for what's coming. you're planning planning ahead. Okay. So, yeah.
1: What do you like to do to kind of switch off?
0: I've got a passion now for gardening. Oh, mashallah. So since I moved to Luton, I spend as much time as I can in the garden. So I've got a real passion um, for, for planting seeds and helping them grow. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. That that
1: kind of fits in quite nicely with what you do in the school, anyway. Yeah, definitely planting seeds Absolutely. and to helping them grow. Yes. So yeah, there's a synergy there. Yeah, the there light. is, yeah. How much So you have you have a you have somewhere where you can go to switch off and cut yeah, off definitely. and relax and wind down.
0: I think definitely. I think that's so important. Um, no matter what job you have, actually, um, mental health is we've never been. It's never been so prominent as it is now looking at children's mental health, looking at your staff's mental health, looking at yeah. people's mental health. And I think everybody needs something, some way of switching off, something that they can do, even if it's just half an hour a day, just to wind down and, and reflect. And, you know, we're Muslims. This is a Muslim school. It's so important um, for for everybody here to um, find that peace and balance. And, you know, I, tr- I try to impart that um With staff and the children, you know, the Prophet (laughs) ﷺ, he used to balance his days. He was the most busy, busiest person, but he'd he'd put his day into thirds, eight hours for this, eight Mm. hours for that. And, you know, there was a balance there, no matter what, nothing was neglected. And so for staff as well, to have the balance in their lives and the children too, yeah.
1: So usually the head teacher is responsible for looking after everybody else's well-being. Who looks after your well-being? Who I'm very
0: that? lucky, actually. I've got a very well. I've got a wonderful board of trustees, Alhamdulillah. and um, they do go out of their way um, to make sure that I'm very, very well looked after. Very well looked after. I think. In the whole, I don't know if you've ever had a head teacher who's had such a long handover as myself. I've had a year
1: <laughs> oh, wow. with
0: um, my predecessor, the acting head here, Astad Faisal. He's been with me for a year wow. handing over and I've absolutely loved that. Allah, he knows the community very well. And uh, yeah, I've been very lucky. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah that's good. Yeah.
1: Are you the type of person who likes to take notes in your notepad or use a laptop? Notepad. Notepad and pen.
0: Notepad and pen. Are, do you have a
1: diary on your computer or, or do you have a you hard copy?
0: I have hundreds of notepads wow. and each i just grab one and write and then i have the problem finding out where find <laughs> because i can never find it i love um, notepads and i get a lot of notepads as gifts from parents and children and other you well, know it people. sounds like it's
1: being used yeah, it's not being stacked but up i
0: just need one <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> my problem is i just don't i just write in them and all, yeah and them. i'm a bit of a writer no, yeah a list I've... taker yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah do you know what you're right you know when you it's it's easy to take information down, but it's difficult just to take time just to organise yeah. it all and prioritise it and yeah. allocate it to people and what have you. So, yeah. okay, alhamdulillah, good. Um, and then just finally, um, what's your favourite part of the day? 9am um, or... Three thirty, you the kids to go.
0: Do you know what I like them? I like them both, and I'll tell you why I like. I like the start of the day, and our start of the day is eight fifteen, and our end of the day is three thirty. And the reason why I like the beginning and the end of the day is that's actually when I can see the parents and the children together oh. as they are coming oh, into wow. the school and leaving. Um, I love to greet the parents or whoever's um, bringing the children to school and see the children really fresh and I love it when children are running into school because they're excited to come to school and the parents are really happy and I love it at the end of the day um, when the children are leaving because they're showing their parents the things that they've done the parents are excited to see their children Mm. so for me those are the special times of the day when it's a brand new day and you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day when children have achieved something and parents see it so I do love that they're my favorite times.
1: It's, it's actually really nice, actually, because to some extent, that's that's your kind of quick burst of sense of achievement and yeah. a sense of kind of I've done something.
0: Yeah. I've looked after your children really well yeah. you know, yeah. in the school and, you know, they're really happy. And, and that's yeah. what I love to see their faces. Um, I love to greet every child and every parent. If I can, I know sometimes we miss a few because there's a hustle and a bustle at the yeah. beginning and at the end. But yeah, I love to, you know, talk with the parents and see them. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, mashallah. that's really nice to hear. Sister, how long have you been a head teacher for?
0: Oh, a head teacher, right. Um, since 2014 I became an acting head of a school um, in Tottenham. Okay. And then from that point on I've been a head teacher. So yeah. Okay.
1: Have you found it so far? I love it. Absolutely
0: yeah. love it. I do. I, I love um, I love the stress. I know that sounds a bit crazy. Wow. <laughs> but it's the I do. First, the first I, time ever. I thrive on it. I like the pace okay. and the speed of things and having to multitask. I, I find that's my style, if that makes sense. I, I do like that. Um, I don't think I could go back to um, a less stressful life sure. that, because I'm used to it now. Yeah. Um, and I love the different elements of being a headteacher teacher. Um, I wouldn't say I'm not a teacher because I still teach every day. I try to teach children. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'd ever give up teaching because mm. I think if you don't teach, you sort of lose touch with yeah. the um, issues that the uh, teachers have and um, the barriers to learning. So I think I will always be a teaching head teacher. Um, and that's a passion Um, but I love all the different things like planning ahead and thinking uh, strategically about what the school needs to do next um, to be successful I love that Mm. so yeah
1: sounds like you're quite a dynamic person I I like to be I don't know (laughs) I like to
0: imagine I am
1: I I imagine every head teacher is a dynamic person because like you said you're wearing so many different hats yeah um, throughout the day, uh, let alone throughout the the year. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be really kind of on your feet, and and you predict-
0: evolve. I think yeah. um, there's. There is an evolving sense throughout the year. So there's a beginning of the year where you have to get get all of your standards in place and you have to impart everything that you need to impart for all your teachers. You might have new teachers and new staff, new children. And Mm. setting the standards again, resetting, if you like. And then there's a bit of a stable sense and then you have to pick up the pace again. So it's not... Um, you're not always the same person, if that makes sense. You you do change as you need to throughout the year. So you might get, um, there might be a a bit of a speediness at certain times of the year where you need to tell your teachers to come on, we've got to do this, this, this and this. There's an urgency, if you like. And then there's a time where you can say, okay, we've managed all these things. So we're just going to stabilise a little and then we're going to pick up speed again. Sure.
1: When you... Set out to come into education, and yeah, you know, we were talking earlier on uh, when you did your um, get your qualifications and what have yeah. you. Did you always have that aspiration in mind that you wanted to be a school leader?
0: No, do you know what? I didn't even want to be a teacher. Oh, wow, <laughs> I went into education by chance. Um, I actually trained as um, an artist, an artist, an artist, what kind of artist? Um, illustrator for books and oh, posters. Wow. I went to art college. And then I thought, hang on a minute. I was looking at all my friends thinking, well, their job's not going to be stable. And this was in the 90s. Um, and I thought, I need to have a stable job and be able to do my art as well. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go into teaching. <laughs> and I trained as a secondary school art
1: teacher. So the school thing was just like a side hustle. A side
0: hustle, <laughs> definitely. I don't know, I've never heard of <laughs> i thought of it that way, but yeah, side hustle. But then... So imagine this, art teacher, secondary. And I thought, okay, I went into supply teaching and I went into primary school (laughs) and I never came out. I never once taught secondary schools, never. I went into primary teaching, into reception. And that was the hardest thing ever um, because I couldn't get the children to do (laughs) what I needed them to do. And then I never looked back and that was in 96. So that was it. And then I became a teacher. Um, somebody took me on as a class teacher. And um, I never thought about um, senior leadership. Or I enjoyed being with the te- uh, children yeah. and just teaching. And um, then after time, I, it, I mean, nowadays, I think you can get into senior leadership very quickly. Mm. But when I became a teacher, you know, it was a slow progress and you needed more experience. Sure. Um, so it was only in 2006 that I actually became an assistant head for Islamia. And okay. then from that point on,
1: you I've been a senior
0: leadership up. from there, yeah.
1: Oh, mashallah. So, yeah. yeah, alhamdulillah, you know, um, <clears throat> Allah plans, you know, yeah. we, we can have all the plans in that that we I want, know, exactly. but um, He'll place you in certain places. Mm. And actually, when you do reflect back, you do, you do appreciate, right? Yeah that um that those things happen maybe at the time maybe you don't yeah. quite realize it but
0: i would never have imagined i would be where i am now when i was that young but i can't imagine now Not. being anything different to, yeah, wow. to where i am and i'm content alhamdulillah
1: alhamdulillah uh, who's your who's your go-to person to just keep you on your toes and keep you motivated to do what you do
0: mm. But well, that is a tricky question, it is isn't tricky it? Question. Because that's, that's what I'm here for, tricky questions. Yeah, tricky question. So somebody keeps me on my toes. Okay. So prior to this um, job in, in this particular school, it was Mufti Hamid Patel. Sir Mufti Hamid Patel, as he is now. Mashallah, inspirational character. Mashallah. Um, and then I found this school. So I, I moved into Luton. And I think... I know it sounds strange, or maybe it doesn't. The people that keep me on my toes are my trustees, simply because Mm -hmm. I want to make the school the best school it can be for them, for the staff and for the children, but for the trustees who have, trustees aren't paid, and -hmm. they put in so much of their own time and effort for this school over a number of years. Um, And when I met them for my interview, I I walked out thought, oh, I've gotta make this work for them. So I think they're my they're my inspiration at the moment that I have to get this school to outstanding no matter what. Sure. Um because I, I want to do it for them. So yeah. I want to make them proud. Come so they're mind. my they're my people that keep me on my toes.
1: No, I mean, mashallah, I think it's always it's always good for all of us to have good people around us yeah. to inspire us. Yeah to mentor us, coach yeah. us. Everybody needs somebody, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, mashallah, you know, in many ways, we have the best example in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi um, right. to kind of keep us keep us going. Yeah. But I think it's really important that people don't don't forget that actually uh, head teachers um, also uh, need support along the way yeah. as well. So yeah. alhamdulillah, it's really nice that you've got a, a team around you yeah. that are doing that. I'm very
0: that. lucky, mashallah, mashallah. Alhamdulillah.
1: Throughout the years you've been in senior leadership and and headship, alhamdulillah, um, you'd have had some interesting moments, no doubt. Um, Some good, some not so good. Sometimes when you've probably thought, you know what, what am I doing here? Maybe, I don't know. Um, Tell me a little bit about this. So maybe let's start off with, tell us about a a difficult moment in headship. Oh,
0: difficult moments in headship. I think... um, I think a, a difficult moment in headship is generally trying to please everybody and you can't. And, okay. it's, and, and this can get you into all sorts of issues because you, you always want people, you, you want to give everybody what they want. Yeah. And you can't, you just can't. Um, and I've tied myself up many times by giving too much. Um, and that's my own thing. I, I try to, whatever my staff want or parents want, I try to give them. Okay. But in, in the end, actually, you have to sit back and say, actually, I'm the teacher, and I have to think about what is right for the school yeah. and move the school in the direction that I think is right with the trustees or governors sure. at that time. And I think that was a big learning lesson for me um, because you can have very vocal staff who want this, who want that, mm. and you're like, okay, and you, you think, okay, maybe we can do that. And then it's afterwards you think, oh, it's not working. How do I pull that back? Now I can't do that anymore. Or, or there's um, parents who, you know, um, talk about curriculum, what they would like in the curriculum. Okay, maybe I can do that. And then you think, like, oh, no, now we're going too far the other way, or we're doing this, or we're doing that. I need to pull you back. So I think for me, one of the biggest challenges um, that I've had, and I think all head teachers have, and I don't think it. Um, it, it ever goes away. Is the the you want to please everybody but you can't. Sure. Um and, and people skills and, and managing people. Is you know, it's a skilled aspect of, of leadership, is managing people. So they're they're tricky instances.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, managing parents, can managing I, your staff. Can
1: I ask you to maybe hone in on an an example, like something that comes to mind when you've had a particular moment where you thought that, that, that's, that was a tricky situation where I was trying to please everybody
0: curriculum I think parents have a certain idea of curriculum when they come into um, a Muslim or Islamic based school and you might need to actually follow the national curriculum and um, you have to talk to parents about Actually, you know, we have certain control over aspects of curriculum, but we don't oh, okay. have certain control sure, over sure. aspects of curriculum, so we actually do need to do this in a sympathetic way. Or, yeah. you know, there's a curriculum managing you know, people's expectations, absolutely. yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely, definitely. That,
1: that comes back to this misunderstanding that people have of what is a Muslim Islamic school. school, right? Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and you know, we were talking about this earlier on yeah. about having to to do more yeah. as leaders of Muslim education yeah. to actually educate people about yeah. what is Muslim schooling yeah. and actually the value that having a dynamic mm. learning experience or curriculum has yeah, um, from a deen and dunya point of view whichever yeah. way you want to look at it right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely and mm. I think it's one of the um, One of the key things that I see new parents when they come into the school, one of their big questions is about the curriculum. What do we do with the children? Hmm. Um, And that's one of the things that I've tried to do since we've been, since I've been at this school is to open the doors more for the parents and allow them to come in. So for parents' evenings, not just parents' evenings, but that's why we have these things on the walls, not just for teaching the children so that parents actually get to see what is going on in the Hmm. school. Why, you know, what are the children learning? And ultimately, why are we paying the fees as yeah, well? of course, of course. I mean, that's a big thing for the for the parents. But um, we also have exhibitions each term for um, for the parents. That they're invited to come and see what their children are learning about. So I know curriculum, you know, it's a, it's a big deal for our parents. True. So, yeah.
1: so the complete opposite. Yeah. Can you think of a highlight, a specific highlight that comes to mind?
0: Oh, my word. There's so many highlights. There's just so many Okay. Right. So my um, in my previous school, we grew um, our school. We started off with reception in year one. And then in 2019, we got our, our last year six, uh, our first year six, sorry.
1: Oh, okay, and, um, complete.
0: that's it. Yeah. Our school was full. And I think the highlight um, was just the send off we gave the children and the, the achievements that they had and the fact that we know that we had put in everything with these children we've invested in those children yeah. mashallah to become hopefully inshallah you know really good ambassadors for islam yeah. you know not just i'm not talking academically here i mean i think we've got a big role academically but also socially yeah um, to nurture the whole child and i think the highlight of, of um one of the biggest highlights was actually seeing those children grow throughout the school and actually looking at them um, in year six towards the end and saying you know what we did this and the parents did it too but you yeah, know, as a school a community we, we've shaped these children and, and you know what was the most amazing thing was the year after the children left we got emails from their secondary school saying how wonderful our children were and that to me was Humble amazing on. that to me was amazing because and, and these weren't Muslim schools these were the secondary schools that Even the better. children had gone to and they were like accolades for us to say actually you know what you've done a really good job that's me you know that's really nice for your your
1: peers to to tell you that you've done a good job
0: absolutely so those things that are on a big scale and then there there are things that bring a smile to your face and you 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 think you've done you know a really good job when a child a child who has maybe a barrier special needs and they achieve something and and that to you is the most wonderful thing you know that you that you have done with this child because you have a different perspective of school and education and school life when you're a teacher or a head teacher but if you think about that child what school means to them is so important so important and if they're you know if a child has a special need and they can actually now write a sentence or a story and they come and they show you and they're so proud oh there's nothing better than that to me nothing better
1: yeah I mean often I guess when, when I ask people this question, maybe the thing that ultimately comes to mind, or maybe the way I put the question across is, "What's the big grand thing?" But actually, you're right. You know, sometimes it's the smallest thing yeah. that means the world to somebody else, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can see that you made a massive difference. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. I
0: could easily talk about um, <laughs> the grades children I have achieved. I mean, that's been good, but yeah. to me. Oh, for me it's the whole child. I'm more interested yeah. in the whole child than the grades because you could have a child who achieves everything academically but can go out of the school and be very bad mannered. And to me that's a reflection of what yeah. have we taught our children in the school. So to me, you know, I look at the whole child and you know, what what we need to do with those all, all the children, all aspects. Yeah. Holistically. Yeah. Are
1: there any students um that you taught with were- Lot, when they're a lot younger, who have since grown up, that you've maybe come across. Are, are they, oh,
0: my word! Yes, I have. I've How met, have those
1: experiences been?
0: Oh, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even identify you. <laughs> Do you recognize it mean, in a way, it's good because uh, I haven't changed them, <laughs> <even> <laughs> though it's like over 20 years ago, but Ham you the know. know, they recognize me. Um, but yeah, there have been a few instances where I've um, they don't they don't forget, in fact, I met um. It's really bizarre. I I met one of them in my first ever school, Muslim school I worked in in London, um, which sadly closed down. um, I met one of the parents of a child that I taught when they were seven years old. So 23 years ago, I think it is because they're 30 now um, in Sainsbury's here in Luton. Oh, wow. Mrs. Park. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hello. Oh, Yes. You're Amel's mum. And, you know, it was was interesting. We spoke for a long time, but it... You know, you you teach so many children, and so many children come through your school. They d- never forget you. If, yeah. you've, if you if they don't forget the teachers that were not good, but they don't forget the, the yeah. teachers that, that were. That's because you made you've an had impression a, in their life. Yeah, like yeah. you said,
1: you've made an impression in life. Yeah. You've had a massive impact, yeah. and those memories stay with you for life, don't absolutely. they? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So that yeah. Was, that was interesting. Yeah. Alhamdulillah
1: that, that was, that's a really nice story, actually. Yeah. Um, the reason why I ask you that yeah. question is because, without you saying, mashallah tabarakallah you're a qualified competent person you Mm -hmm. could probably go to any other state school and get paid Mm -hmm. a whole load of money and have better benefits and all of that kind of stuff yeah but you choose to be in islamic school so what is the motivation
0: i think there's there's a range of um islamic schools so prior to this school i was in a, a free school so you did get the high salaries yeah and in london yeah you definitely get a good wage um, for me, what interested me particularly about this school in Luton and um, my, my lovely school now is looking at Luton, wondering why all the primary schools are not good or better mm. um, in the eyes of Ofsted. Um, Ofsted's just one facet because we should be good or outstanding for Allah because we're teaching these children, they're a namana yep. to us. But that sort of piqued my interest, if you like, because. I, I was in an outstanding school. I led an outstanding school for five years. Um, so I wondered, why is this school not good or outstanding? And then looking further into Luton, why are you know Muslim schools closing down? I wasn't so bothered about the school being an independent school. That wasn't yeah. my interest. My interest was, why is this um, Muslim school not good or better? And for me, that was a challenge. And I, I felt that I had the skill set to... Um, make the school good or better. So that was a challenge for me, um, and that's why I'm here.
1: Generally speaking, what is the motivation to work in being involved in Muslim schooling, Muslim as opposed to state schooling? Yeah.
0: I think, for me, personally, I'm a convert. MashaAllah. Um, Alhamdulillah, I'm a convert. And I think... I want, there's a lot, actually it's quite a deep question really because I know there's a lot of propaganda and I've seen it myself about Muslims and people get a bit of a shock when they see me. Um, I, I changed my name when I first came here actually to my um, Islamic name. Um just because to this school? To this school, to this school. Prior to that I, I had my English name, sure. um, um, but this school I, I changed it actually to my Islamic name. But actually, people get a bit of a shock to see that I'm a white convert. And I sort of want to break down the barriers um, with, with people, even educationalists, even, you know, when you go for CPDs with, with people from state schools or, or none. You're grouped together and you're learning something that actually, you know, we are intelligent people. So for yeah. me, I think Islamically, we've lost the way a little bit in education in the sense that our children are not eloquent speakers that can debate Sure. And and I think that is um, all over this generation of children, or let's say our youths, our, our young adults. Now, um, now they'd rather say that they feel hurt or they um, they feel unsafe. These are the words now that they use are, are saying when when they don't like a debate or they can't debate. Sure. So I think we've lost the ability to debate serious subjects and actually I want to bring that back I want the children in the schools that I'm in to to have a conversation with people that might not have the same beliefs or might not have the same ideas Mm. and actually be able to say in a constructive clear and thoughtful way what what they believe in and or what they do or how they think um so for me that's that's one of my priorities actually that i want to break the mold and and make this school a center of excellence i actually want this school to be on the map you know oakwood primary school you know you can go there you'll get a fantastic um, a fantastic school in when your children come out your your children will be amazing eloquent speakers you know who will have amazing manners and you know can talk to people and you know they they understand um, Luton, or they understand society mm. that that's what I, what i want that's that's what i think we need actually because there's so much bad press about muslims that i feel as a comfort as well i i need to change people's perceptions about islam and, and muslim schools yeah. so
1: and I, if you'd like to find out more about what Murabiyun does jump onto our website murabiun.com they, how are muslim schools represented in the community they're usually represented by uh, a website yeah if you're lucky a little bit of social media some of the better schools are doing um a prospectus
0: yeah
1: hearsay in the community yeah media yeah so actually really and truly nobody really knows sister fatima the head teacher nobody actually knows the character and the identity and the personality of this school because we've kind of We've we've kind of created this barrier yeah. we have as Muslims as Muslim school yeah. leaders, yeah. we've kind of just said no, that's as far as, that's as much of the information I'm prepared to give you, and I think that we have to like we have to be a bit more proud of who we are Absolutely. and what we have,
0: and I think Muslim schools in general have uh, maybe not a bad press but maybe an, people don't understand they're misunderstood yeah. so especially with the quality of education. Um, you know, I, I want to dispel all, all the myths. I think.
1: So. Well, Marshall, I, I can send, feel the passion that you yeah. have towards kind of being part of the overall kind of movement yeah. to change the perception amongst the wider community yeah. that they have towards Muslim schooling, and also um, locally as well, yeah. trying to kind of raise the aspirations and feelings that people have. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a really difficult question? Oh and you don't have to answer if you don't want okay. to um what's it like to be a white mm. english muslim yeah in a schooling system which is predominantly made up of people who don't look like you mm. and who aren't necessarily from your background how is that experience because I, I can imagine that that's not something that i, I can't relate to that and i'm sure there's Hundreds of thousands of people listening that wouldn't be able to relate to that either. But what's that like?
0: I think I'm used to being like this. If that makes sense, um, working in in many schools and being a, you know a, the white English convert leader. Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of used to it. I sort of forget that I'm actually white English. Yeah. Uh, Muslim, um, but there are definitely some differences that we we have. So. Um I was always brought up with a certain set of manners, for sure. example. You know, always say please, always also always say thank you, always be polite, you know, look after your neighbours or all this, you know, yeah. be quiet, be respectful. And I think um you do see differences, definitely differences in, in expectations. I think it's it's not meant to be any different, but you know, there are different expectations from different um cultures of, sure. of you know how a child should be. Um, in terms of their behaviour, yeah, the in etiquette, behaviour, and how much you you let a child do a certain things sure. you know, that to me, I think has been, yeah, I would say the manners has been the most um, different. I wouldn't say mm. difficult because we we try to embed those sure. things anyway um, through Hadith. Um, but to me, that's that's the the expectations, you know, mm. for you know, sometimes you might be talking to a parent and the child will um in front of the parent cut the parent off and start talking to you and you know those manners are not embedded yeah. so I, I see that um and to me i think that that's one of the biggest differences i sure. see but um but generally speaking, i don't really be- look you know you know the the school context here mainly asian um children and parents some mixed um but i don't I don't class myself as I just class myself as a Muslim yeah. nowadays I do not I d I don't I don't see myself as a white English convert. Yeah. I've been a Muslim for many years since my twenties and um you know I, I I just don't see myself. I see myself as a Muslim and part of the Ummah. That's yeah, that's what I am. That's beautiful yeah. to hear.
1: Nice no, yeah. and alhamdulillah, it's really nice to hear that <laughs> you've um you've not had any challenges and issues in terms of kind of doing what you do no. and it's not being a barrier or an obstacle.
0: You know, um, when I came to this school, um, I think that prior to me, there had been a little bit of instability with leadership. And um, when... I, I wrote an introduction letter and I used my English name and the community were like, well, if she's a convert, if she's a Muslim, why is she not using a Muslim name? And do you know what? I actually thought at that time, I know, but I actually thought at that time, you know what, this new start for me and I'm going to move to Luton. you know what? I'm going to use my Muslim name, I'm proud of my Muslim name as well. Wow. Um, I kept my English name cause I, I wanted, um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful name that I have. It's got a beautiful meaning. And I, I, um, i'm so respectful of my parents yeah. for 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 bringing me up the way they brought me up yeah. and you know i didn't want to change it oh. um so now i've like two names <laughs> <laughs> for, like the queen with two birthdays <laughs> so i've got two names um and you know and I, i'm proud of my muslim name too so you know this is yeah.
1: oh, i mean alhamdulillah you know you have the flexibility and that yeah. choice and the fact is is that you've um it's your choice, mm. um, and uh, it sounds like you've you felt empowered and yeah. to to kind of yeah. uh, to make that choice a yeah. bit at the right time and at the right yeah. moment. And
0: that's, it was, you know what it did. It enabled an opportunity to me for me to speak to the children because when I introduced myself, I was Katrina. Uh, started Katrina and now I'm Fatima. And I actually spoke to them about um, how I became a Muslim and wow. you know, um, changing my name and all, all these they things. Must so, have loved opened. It. yeah, they must have loved it. You no, know, this is the thing I try to impart on um, the children. We, we do a Hadith of the Week assembly every week, um, and one of my biggest themes is actually um, people becoming Muslim, so we have to behave a certain way, we have to follow the sunnah of the Prophet, so you know, to show our best selves, so that people look and say, oh, Muslims, well, maybe I'll become... And imagine, yeah. you know, all the rewards for somebody becoming a Muslim because of you. So this, these are things I want to, you know, inspire the children, you know, to, to, to do. Inspire
1: the children, but also, I yeah. think, inspire other converts, reverts coming yeah. into Islam yeah. to say, actually you can actually still have a, a really good career and have a really yeah. big impact on the community yeah. and society. Definitely. Um, and again, it's breaking down some of those stereotypes yeah, and some of those definitely. barriers so along, the, uh, along the way. Alhamdulillah, yeah. it, it sounds like uh, you've had a really interesting journey along yeah. the way and you yourself have developed as well as a person. So, yeah. you know, and like I said, I, I can imagine adults love those revert convert stories. Yeah. So kids would be even more intrigued yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. it must definitely. be really nice. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you weren't a head teacher of a school, what what role would you want to have? What, what, what's that kind of role you always look at? The, oh, if only I didn't have the stress that you refer to, but I could just focus on something within the oh, school setting.
0: That's never come into my head.
1: No? But what, if, you had a, if you could choose a role, what would you choose? Another role. Just... Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: if I could choose a role in a school. Yeah. Um... Art That'd teacher? Be... No. No, no, no. If I could choose a role in this school, I would be, I think I'd be a counsellor. Do you know that? Oh, like wow. the hobbyist style of the things. Yeah, I would. I would do that. I'd be a positive, positive counsellor person. Maybe not counsellor, just, just somebody who can just bring all the children apart. I would love to do that, yeah. But I think I'd do that anyway as a leader. Yeah. as part of it. But yeah, that's that's what so I would dedicate be. and focus yourself yeah, to. Yeah. On on, you know, counselor, I think maybe sort of has a negative connotation in the sense that it's always children that come with, you know, issues or problems and they need someone to talk to. I don't mean like that. I mean looking at children that maybe don't have as much self-esteem and you really want to yeah. bring them up. And the reason why I say it is um, you know, I, I always teach, I like to teach, but I like to teach lower ability children. Okay. Why? Because lower ability children generally have low self esteem. They don't believe in themselves. And why don't they believe in themselves? Because throughout the years, they know that they're not achieving as well as their peers. Maybe a teacher says something, an adult says something, maybe parents says something. And then when you look at the children, and they get to year six, and nobody has stopped this, and you have this pattern of negative self esteem. Um, it's very hard to change the mindsets. And um, I always say to the children that come to my group um you know what you know why you're here it's because you're the best <laughs> you know just to build their self-esteem you are this you know the wonderful ones that you know I'm going to make amazing and yeah. you know I love to bring something out of the children that that to me is I love it I, can't, I just can't describe it I love it I love when somebody says <laughs> they're having a hard day and you know this and that and I just I actually love it, so <laughs> it's fine. I don't understand. <laughs> but, Sounds like you got yeah. a real
1: motherly touch um, in terms yeah. of kind of wanting to nurture and just yeah. help people grow Definitely. and see the best of Definitely. themselves. Definitely,
0: and teachers as well. I just love to see my teachers grow. I love it. I just feel like, oh yeah, I did it well done. <laughs>
1: we we spoke about this actually earlier on, and mm. I wonder if um, you you change your mind. But again, if you weren't in education what else do you think you'd be doing i know you said you were you went down the artistic route oh gosh
0: i think if i wasn't a teacher no in in my time now Oh, I think I would love to be a landscape gardener. I've got a passion for gardening now.
1: You've, you've guess, gone full, full steam yeah, ahead. Maybe. Of
0: going. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when I retire.
1: I was going to say, there's a new adventure playground out there. You must Ooh. find something to do with that.
0: No, but I'll <laughs> have a look at it. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah maybe landscape gardener looking into plants what goes where and you know what grows best in what soil and i tell you uh,
1: what my mum's going away for for a few weeks and uh, she's always having to go at me about the garden so i might call you <laughs> you can
0: i don't mind, <laughs> don't mind. especially
1: there's a half term coming yeah. up so uh, i'm sure you'll be itching to uh... definitely
0: well my daughter knows every time i'm out in
1: the garden <laughs> so, so. Nah, you must be loving it with the weather the way yeah it is. definitely
0: so it's, definitely. it's really nice
1: Do you know there's this concept, there's this idea and that's widely used in Muslim schools? And I I wanna try and figure out what it means Mm. and what it means to different people. Yeah. You know this idea of tarbiyah and nurturing and cultivating and all these ways of explaining, you know, what it is that we do for Muslim kids in Mm. Islamic school. Mm. What what does it mean to you? What does tarbiyah mean? What what is this concept of nurturing?
0: To me, um, tarbiyah means um, nurturing children, but through the hadith, the sunnah. The, you you take those teachings and you give examples of that, and then you nurture the children to use this. So um, we have our hadith assembly on a Monday, but I like to see it in action. So, for example, we had a hadith this week about kindness parents and they have a letterbox and they have to write down what they've done to show kindness to their parents okay. this week so it's nurturing the fostering ideas i guess okay and nurturing but the, the, it's multifaceted isn't it Tarbia? so we have um so this aspect so you're looking at the whole school community we're all going in one direction yeah so that's the Tarbia of the whole school um, then you have your individual children that you have to nurture because they've got difficulties so we have school counselors we actually have okay. um, qualified um, counselors that will take the child for a certain amount of time and counsel them and nurture them so that you know we see progression in a certain aspect of that child's needs at that time um so I see um, nurturing, it's part and parcel of what we do for our teachers to nurture. So I'll always give the insets about, you know, you can make or break a child or you know, you must have seen the TED talk, every child needs um yeah. what is it? I've forgotten it. Oh, you every actually needs, you said um, something
1: earlier on that reminded me of that yeah. TED talk actually. I can't remember off the top of I can't of remember
0: what it's called, but we play that. Every child needs uh, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Needs someone. But yeah.
1: No, I mean, the thing is, is that it's, like I said, it's quite commonly used in Muslim schools, Islamic yeah. schools. And I, I started to wonder what it actually means to individuals and individual schools. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know. You
0: want all your children to be happy at the end of the day. You mm. have to nurture them. So what does happiness look like? What does confidence look like? What I think you, you work from the top down. For me, I, I look at what... And I say this to the staff, what does success look like for yeah. us? You know, how do we know we've been successful? Forget the grades, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about what does success look like for that child? You know, how do we know that they're ready for the next stage? Um, what What does it look like? And then um, we have to facilitate that And and then we know, and and that's about the whole child, isn't it? So we have to nurture. I mean, if you didn't have your nurturing, you would just solely be looking at academic, but nurturing from nursery, social skills, how to give, how to share, all those skills. They're soft skills, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, Some of them aren't measurable, like you said. And you can see the effect of this from the COVID. So we've seen, um, actually one um, person from Chiltern Trust came to, visit the school and and she asked me because we got a placement um um like a placement teaching assistant in our school and she actually just generally in conversation said which year group do you think you know the pandemic has affected the most i said year one year one definitely because they missed out the foundation stage you know and that is a crucial crucial stage of learning you're you're learning to be yeah you know you, and if you don't know how to be as a child how do you know how to learn mm. how how can you do your academic side how can you sit you know we found the children have um less attention they can't sit still even now in year 1 they find it difficult and then after year 1 reception they they didn't know they missed nursery they missed and and we're having to nurture the children yeah. more more now than ever before to get the children back to where they should yeah. be so i found the pandemic it's been very interesting looking at the children now and how unsettled they were right at the beginning of the year and you know the progress that some children made but there's still some children you know that they're, they're still not where they should be you know socially and, and we're nurturing those children to get them to, to be where they should be but they need a lot of our time and investment definitely
1: the fact that you're aware of it, yeah. you guys will be all over it. Yeah, Let's talk a little bit about the school. Yeah, Let's talk a little uh, bit about Oakwood Primary School.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so if I came to you and I said, Sister Fatima, I'd like to send my daughter to yeah. Oakwood Primary School. Very briefly, so I bumped into in Sainsbury's. Uh-huh. Okay, mashallah, where you commonly shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to start, I've seen you. You know, yeah. you've done this amazing podcast. and I want to send my daughter to your school, and you haven't got too too yeah. much time. How would you sell, or how would you how would you describe uh, Oakwood Primary School?
0: I have to say, I've got the most amazing members of staff. I've got to say that, and I've been in many schools. They are dedicated and devoted. So I would say that, you know, if somebody was coming to talk about my school to find out about it, I'd say you you've got dedicated staff who really care for your children. Um, We've got world-class syllabus curriculum, um, and children will achieve highly um, throughout their years. And we've got a wonderful, dedicated, experienced, qualified um, Arabic team. So not only will your children achieve the best that they can academically, and they will. That's by the by, that's given, because our teachers have to teach. But they will learn the Qur'an. They will learn Arabic, and one thing that we're investigating at the moment is when our children leave in year six, how are they compared to secondary schools with their Arabic and their Quran? Oh, okay. Because I want to know. I think we're actually higher than the children in year seven. Um, <laughs> so at the moment, I'm doing a little bit of an investigation. So I think for for us um, at the moment, you know. Um, our Arabic and our Quran is as important as um, the national curriculum subjects sure. that we teach. Um, so at the end of the schooling, you know, your child will have the best all-round education, Islamically and um, academically. So, so a holistic
1: kind of yeah, educational definitely. experience. Definitely. Um, at Oakwood Primary School. Yeah. And, and you touched on the staff, actually. I mean, mashallah, I know you think very highly of your I team do. and the people yeah. around you. Um and it'd be easy for you to say that as the leader you've done it all but mm. like you said you've got a team around you yeah. both above you and below you yeah uh, and around you Couldn't do it about to, the team, to, to support no? you along the way I mean <laughs> yeah. what's your management style generally like I mean how do you generally get how how do you get the, the most out of your staff I'm quite staff? a
0: collegiate leader in the sense i um, I don't know if anybody came to the school. They'd know that I was the head teacher. I'm quite involved in in teaching and okay. and learning. Um, I like to inspire staff. I like giving CPDs um, to inspire staff. But I like to explain why we're doing things, sure. especially if you've had a few tur- turbulent years, which Oakwood has had. Um, you know they've had many people coming in and changing things but actually I'd, I wanted to build a rapport with the staff and get them to understand you know and we're all humans I'm human we're all humans you know yeah. we've, we've got to get the school to um good or better good or outstanding um and we have to do it together and sure. I think that's that's my leadership style we're in it together we I'm with you and if we're successful it's because of you and if we're not successful it's because of me so <laughs> anything I I like that yeah. <laughs> but um I like to explain so my leadership style is all about you know this is where we're heading this is why we're going there this is how we're all going to do it mm. and i give the example so i'll teach i'll show um mentor yeah definitely Absolutely. so yeah i don't like i wouldn't like to be a head teacher who just says things and then that's it i like to actually
1: teach to show, and, and to demonstrate. show
0: yeah, definitely
1: what makes you guys any different to any other muslim primary school
0: Wow, I think we can all say that. Actually, we can all say, "Oh, well, you know, there's Muslim schools that teach Quran, they teach Arabic, um, and they do national curriculum." And children quite well but I've got ambitions for this school that makes us very different to other schools because the ambition for this school is to actually become a secondary school as well so that the children move through so all through school maybe different premises but what makes us different is the fact that you know this is going to happen inshallah I do believe there is a need for secondary schools and and very good secondary schools for Muslim children but the fact that your child could stay in primary and then moves um, smoothly into to secondary school i think that's a big asset because the children will already know what oakwood's about so they go to oakwood primary they go to oakwood secondary and all those values are still there and the same style everything is there they're not having to learn yeah. a new way so yeah we've got big ambitions for our school um trustees are very ambitious i'm very ambitious and I just say watch this space
1: inshallah i inshallah, give you guys uh, success in what you're trying inshallah, to do inshallah. i mean um What's the general, I know you haven't been in Luton for too long, but what's the general vibe of the community about Oakwood and the feeling that they have towards it?
0: I don't think people know that we exist. <laughs> From what I've heard, I do ask my staff when when people email or they come for interviews. How did you find out about the school? This well, we, I don't even know it existed. Somebody said something about Oakwood, and I was like, "Where is that?" And I think because we're not in the centre or near Bury Park or in that area, we're actually on the outskirts. I don't yeah. think people really know sure. about us. I would say that has been. Um, a little bit of an issue to get um, children to come to the school So okay. nobody really knows that we're here. So I'm going to promote us. Watch, watch this space. Yeah, definitely. You might
1: have to take some advertising space from us. Definitely, inshallah. <laughs> definitely. Um, difficult question I'm going to ask you, but I think um, I'm sure you'll have a, an easy answer to this. But okay. If Oakwood wasn't around, would anybody miss it?
0: Yeah, I think that is quite a difficult question. I think we're on a journey. If I'm going to give you a truly honest answer, no. I think at the moment, maybe not. I, I would think maybe, maybe not. Um, I think our staff would miss it. We are like a family here. Um, I think the children who are here, m- yeah, maybe they would. Parents, maybe they would, the ones that are here. Um, the general community, I don't think so because they don't know we're here. Sure. So I think it would a- it impact on... Um, the children that are in our school now and the parents that are here now because they're, they're beginning to understand the school's journey. And I have to say it took a while uh, for the parents and the community to trust that I was going to stay in the school oh, Okay. Um, because um, I think previously they've had some different changes okay. of management. So for, for, for there to be stable leadership, mm. I think that's taken a bit of time. Um. But now I'm getting positive. Uh, feedback from the parents so I think we we'll are turning a corner I think if you were to ask me the question again in a year I'd definitely be able to say yeah you know what, well, yeah but you you know if you're in education it, it takes time yeah of you course. know you can do quick fixes but they're quick fixes yeah. you know uh, and I need to get into the depth of the school and you know it's going to take a little bit of time for mm. for us to become embedded within the community so yeah I think yeah that is quite a difficult um question
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the reason why I tend to ask people that question is because we want to make sure we're adding value, we're making a contribution, yeah. right? And we want to make sure that our efforts, mm. the money we're spending, the energy yeah. is is we're feeling it. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's quite easy to for us to do work for the sake of Allah. Yeah. And to get busy. But yeah. actually the quality of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I I think the quality of what we're providing is very good. And I, sure. and I will say that coming from an outstanding school. Mm. I think there's stability in the teaching and learning. The, there's real um, secure teaching and learning taking place in the school. So I can hand on my heart and say yeah. that, you know, the children are receiving a quality education. Um, but the reason why I say I don't know if, if, um, if the school would be missed, I, I really do believe it's because it, we don't have the reputation yet. Sure i i don't see it. i don't see where where we are and that's something you know myself and the trustees need to work on you know building our reputation in the community um so people actually know you know oakwood you know that's school of excellence you know oakwood but at the moment you say oakwood and like who who are you (laughs) do you see what i mean so i think it's it's about being recognized and and inshallah we will get there
1: well, inshallah, when people see this podcast, inshallah. they'll uh, yeah. know a little bit more about Oakwood. I think yeah. that's one of, the, <coughs> yeah. one of the objectives of the podcast to actually um, give yeah. the community... I
0: think maybe the placement of the school as well, because, you know, we're, we're not in the heart of, like, a where, the vast majority. where there are loads of um, moss and, and other schools yeah. and, and things like that. And I think if you were there, then people see the building. Yeah. But because we're actually in a residential area as well, it's a little bit, you know, it's and you're out you're in the outskirts a yeah. little bit so yeah I think that that creates like a, a barrier yeah yeah
1: Humble, it sounds like a nice challenge that yeah. you've recognized and that yeah. you're prepared to yeah. to to overcome just a couple of more questions actually just about your time so far with Oakwood and some of the experiences um has there been a like particular highlight over the last kind of year for you like something that really stands oh, out I
0: love the exhibitions okay. They, you know you know I'll tell you what a highlight was we had um, last year I just started after Ramadan um, we had a Hajj exhibition so one of the first things I did was um, let's do a wonderful um, Hajj exhibition so every class had to uh, look at a certain aspect of Hajj and then they'd make all these displays and teaching um, and then there'd be a wonderful exhibition at the end and all the parents would come Okay. so we did it it was truly fantastic i mean the things the children learned and their displays were amazing the exhibition was absolutely fantastic but the highlight was this the parents were allowed to come through and i I don't think previously the parents had actually come into the school and as the parents were leaving um one of the parents said uh you know it's like a proper school. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because it's a proper school. <laughs> so I don't even think the parents knew. What school Oakwood was, and that (laughs) made me think, right, you know what, we've got to get our doors open more often. So we've done fundraising, we've had events where parents come into the school. Um, We've we've had big parents' evenings, and parents can come through. Um, Next week, we've got an ambitions program where parents um, who've got interest in jobs, or any jobs, um, they're going to come in and speak about their um jobs and careers to our children to inspire our children so just get parents to come in any opportunity to get parents come in i will do because i think parents need to see just as you said about value you know we're paying for this education what are we getting for this and and i want the parents to be proud of the school and you know i want the parents to be proud of what their children are doing as well so but that was the highlight of my uh, year when the parents said i it's like a proper school it's, it's a proper school
1: actually do you know um, I'm pretty certain that somewhere along the line every school leaders had to use that uh, probably heard or you had to use that phrase to say that we are a proper school yeah well, are you really a, a school and not just a you know a hidden away kind yeah, of I mean
0: it was interesting to me because I'm used to parents coming into schools in all of my schools they've always come into school so you know, I sort of ask around, you know, do parents not normally come into the school? Actually, I don't think they were coming into the school. So that we're trying to change that. Alhamdulillah,
1: yeah. no, it's good. Um, if, if we asked a young person mm. that comes to this school what their schooling experience is like, mm. what would they say? What would you think a young person would say that comes to Oakwood who's been here for the last few years or the the last year? What's their experience like?
0: I think they say they learn a lot. I think they, they would say that they're cared for okay. because that's one of the big things, isn't it? What's it like for a child in your school? Yeah. I think they, they would feel looked after. Yeah. Um that if they have any issues, somebody's going to listen to them. Yeah. There's a real, you know, we've said nurturing Tarbia, but there is a real nurturing feel in this school. It's like a family. You know, the door, you know, I sit I don't I have I have an office, yes, I do have an office. I don't sit in the office. I sit with my office staff downstairs and the children know where I am and they're always opening the door and they know, you know, it's a real friendly vibe in the school. So I think the children would say it feels like home, you know, because that's, that's the, we do want them to achieve in every aspect, but we also want the children to feel comfortable. and I do think the children feel comfortable talking to all of the staff here. Sure. Yeah.
1: I hope you're enjoying the show I hope you're enjoying the content If you enjoy what you've seen Please press subscribe It'll make a big difference Jazakallah khair I think that's one of the beauties Of all Islamic schools yeah. or, or a lot of Islamic schools In that There's this real kind of homely yeah. Feel to the Definitely. whole place And you know what In all honesty Really and truly right now We're sat in a uh, A residential building yeah. A pretty large yes. one Right Mashallah yeah. Um, but that just adds to the character Absolutely. of the place to create this family environment. You
0: think it's a really small building, but actually, if you go and walk around the yes. building, it is big. Doesn't stop
1: actually. <laughs> no, it doesn't. yeah. No, I, I've been here yeah. a few times, and you know, I've been right to the top, and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, when do, where does this stop? Exactly. And um, but it, it adds to the place. Yeah. It adds character definitely. to the place, and you know, I think it makes a difference. Yeah. I think the challenge for yourselves, inshallah, as you grow, is with. Your growth plans—it's so yeah. going to be bigger facilities. Yeah. Um, can you retain the kind of culture and the kind of yeah? And I think you, yeah, that's that something to really because as we spoke about earlier on, yeah, these kind of things are lost.
0: Sometimes you you lose the personal touch, that's and it. um, it's very interesting. So, um, I've been spending a lot of time in Year Six. Just an example of, of like that personal touch is so important. Um, I spent a lot of time in Year Six recently because of their Sats, but I've been working, I, I've been teaching a group of year six children for a few months now. Um and now SATS are over. So I've not been coming in. I've been working with year two and and watching the children do their SATS tests. And um you know I've missed seeing the children, but they've also missed seeing me. And wow. the teachers have missed seeing me as well. It's like where are you now? It's <laughs> like oh yeah. So I have to and that's what can happen if you know going back to what you're saying about expansion, if you have invested um, your time with your staff and your children, and you've gone out of your way, you know, to create those relationships mm. as you expand, you have to put something in place yep. because you don't want to. Um, um, your time to be filled with other things and you know actually you're losing your personal touch with your staff because they feel it they really do feel it yeah. and i've had you know firsthand experience of that as my previous school grew and we um, were multi sided you know we were not in one building there were times i, I wouldn't see members of staff and they you know it, it impacts on them yeah. you know if you're if you're leading them truly leading you know your staff and, and you're not there they will feel it mm. so yeah that is something you know it's a real consideration what do we do to make sure everyone still feels that family feel yeah. you know if you're expanding
1: and that goes for the staff as well mm, uh, exactly not, uh, the not staff ju- yeah not just you know everybody involved yeah parent, you've been accessible to, to and nature. parents as well yeah, if you're yeah. not
0: there if you're used to being on the gate in the morning and in the afternoon and you're not there it's like okay what's going yeah. on because sometimes that I would say quite a lot, actually, not just sometimes. When you're there at the gate, you're, you're giving um, the the parents reassurance. You're there, you know. Mm. You're there. Mm. But if suddenly you're not there, then okay, where's the starter? Yeah. You know, what's happening with the school? You know, or if you're same with your your staff, if suddenly you're you're not there and you were there, yeah. What's going on? And you know, there, there's that comfort when you see you know the, the people that you look up to, or your leaders you're there for them so that's so it's a big consideration
1: actually yeah. but it's a nice consideration to have as part yeah. of your growth plans and i think you know what i think um if, if you're mindful of it then mm. you will plan your next premises and yeah, your growth definitely and plan can... it in a
0: way that it has the least impact yeah. on those you know the very valuable relationships yeah. no
1: definitely mm. let's talk a little bit about islamic schools in general okay Okay, let's put Oakwood aside. Let's put yeah. everything else aside. Let's just talk about Islamic schools in general. Is there a need for Islamic schools?
0: I think so. Why? Definitely. I think um, for the character, for the Islamic character of a school, so that you can really home in on, um, on what Islam is. I'm just trying to think then, when, when you said that, okay, children, Muslim children going into state schools. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah the majority of Muslim children go to state schools. But how do you teach them then about all the, the nuances of Islam? In a in Muslim school, you can you can really delve deeply mm. into Islam. You you might have parents that don't know much about Islam, mm. where you get a warped sense of Islam. So for me, I think definitely there is a need, especially now because there, there are so many... Um, stereotypes about Muslims but I think we need to do a better job that's what I'm going to say I I don't think that we are as independent Muslim schools doing a, a good job of actually showing the wider community the Muslim community even and the wider you know surrounding community about actually you know, what we're about. So Mm. one of the things I did when I came here was we actually made um, baskets and each um, we had an interfaith uh, week where we looked at the similarities between Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Bearing in mind where we are in Luton, our neighbours are not Muslims. You know, they're multi-faith. And we looked at those similarities and children looked in the Bible and they found quotes from the Bible that were similar about looking after your neighbours um, to Islam and Judaism and then we they made a basket um, to give to the neighbours we added some little things they put some quotes on they made some things and then um, our school council delivered the baskets to oh, the neighbours and they nice. were so happy they got, uh, we got cards back from them you know just to say you know what here we are. Yeah. And one of the first things I did as well here um, as the head teacher was to be visible to the neighbours and introduce myself to the neighbours and talk to them, you know, yeah. what are the problems, what you know, what are the issues. But I think this, this goes into, you know, people knowing who we are, that yeah. actually we're not this insular school, we're actually a community school. Yes, mm. we might be an Islamic school, but we're a community school and we're here for you as well. Yeah. And the rights and many, of, if you ask the children, many of my assemblies are all about the rights of the neighbours. Right. You know, they have rights over us and, you know, we need to be considered. Every day I talk about the neighbours, every day. <laughs> it's so important no. to me. Why? Because we have to change the stereotype. It's very important to me that we actually we're proud of who we are, our identity, um, that we're proud of being a Muslim. And I I want the children in school to to be proud of their religion, to be able to talk about their religion um, to to the wider community. So for me, yes, I, I do think we do need the... Muslim schools to teach our children about Islam what is Islam in reality yeah you know the true true Islam not warped Islam of the stereotypes I don't I don't want any of that I just want you know the real Islam where we look after each other it doesn't matter who you are no that's
1: so, that's And really I don't, I don't know if you
0: get that from um I've worked in state schools you know half my time half of my life has been in Muslim schools half of my life has been in state schools oh, okay. so've I've got both sides so I don't think you know that in a state school you would you would get all the community work, but really, homing in on on the on um, different groups of people, and you know, using the Quran and Sunnah to show the children actually this is what it means. You wouldn't get that in a state no, school. You so yeah, I, I do think there is a need, definitely.
1: What do you think are the biggest challenges that we face as Islamic schools like in terms of kind of where we are today in progression moving forward?
0: I think I think it is about um, you know how how we um, how we're seen. I would say that is one of the biggest challenges. Well, you when know. you say
1: how we're seen, is that within our own community, uh, both, or? Yeah. yeah, okay,
0: Every, everywhere. Yeah, I I would say that, and having lots of conversations with people from Luton. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Muslim schools? when send their children to Muslim school. Why not? So for me, that is. You know, a, a big thing is, you know, how we're perceived, our perception as being a Muslim school. Mm. Um, so I'd really like to dig deep, you know, into that. But also, um, how how are we perceived as an independent school? Not just a Muslim school, but as an independent school. Is it, is it a school um, where you know you would send your child to because it offers something different it offers that world class education and you know if you come here you're going to get this you know when you come here your child is going to know this amount of hadith this amount of dua, this amount of Quran given that's what we promise you so Mm. for me yeah breaking down I'd just like to say that we do have actually um, a non-muslim child in our school wow yes we do (laughs) <laughs> we have a Romanian child in our school, not a Muslim Christian. I said, but you do accept Christians, don't you? And yes, we do.
1: Is that the first yes, time? Yes,
0: we do. First time.
1: Wow. Yes, we
0: do. Yeah.
1: How, how's that?
0: And in my previous school, we had a non-Muslim child. How's, I loved it.
1: How's the experience been like for that child? And well, for they're that...
0: in nursery, so I think they're enjoying it. Uh, okay.
1: What about <laughs> for the parent, doing. though? What, 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 was, what was the thing that triggered them to want to?
0: They have Muslim friends okay yeah so yeah
1: so for, for for them was it was it was it the values and the kind of
0: I don't know I just vision I think, of the
1: school or is it just
0: I think they came to have a look around the school and they liked they liked it and I think that's it if you can come into the school you see what the school's about mm. and you you actually come and, and you look at what we do then I've not had anyone who's come to school and not wanted to come brought their child to the school they do come to the school mm. but it's about making sure um people can come into the school they know we're here so that's yeah. a really nice story actually yeah Shoga. alhamdulillah
1: that's amazing oh it's really it's really good i, I think um like you said she really put it out there to say yeah. <laughs> actually door, the doors are open for everybody yeah definitely um there are so many Universal values that we have Absolutely. with people of faith and not uh, and no faith, and um, sometimes uh, you said earlier on, you know, this idea, the concept that people have of us being insular, and yeah. we ourselves yeah. being insular as well. Totally. Um, but that's a really interesting concept, and I was having this conversation actually, funny enough, with um, somebody quite recently, and I can't remember why we had this conversation, but uh, we were talking about, um, you know, the Islamic schooling movement is quite young. Yeah. 30 years if yeah. that and what do the next 30, 40 years look like, 50 yeah. years look like and yeah, what stage do Islamic schools um, have an admissions that are is balance between Muslims and non-Muslims. Mm. Could you imagine a time when that comes along? Yeah. Where all of a sudden, you know, we are catering for a non-Muslim and that, audience. that
0: comes from your reputation. So yeah. you'll see that there are lots of um, Christian schools that have Muslims in there. Why Hundreds. are they in there? Because yeah, I, of the values. Yeah. Because those values are very strong. And we need to show those values. Those same values. I think the vast majority values, of us yeah. would have
1: went to... Primary, particularly primary yeah. uh, schooling, which was, you know, when and you're there singing hymns and yeah. listening to them in the morning prayer and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it, I'm actually really looking forward to that that mm-hmm. time when that comes because mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting kind of journey that we go through. Because yeah. obviously, we want to still retain the Tarabiyah from an Islamic understanding that we have, but also being able to accommodate for a wider audience.
0: And I think that is life, isn't it? Because we're, we're all different Dutta. and we might not all agree on the same things. But we have to understand each other and give time to each other to do that. And I think, yeah. you know, we've got a journey to go on as Muslims to do that as well. Yeah. Um, to, to make sure that we, we actually have a good, solid understanding about our religion. I think that's the first thing, actually. How many of us actually have a really good, solid understanding about Islam? ourselves, mm. and then we have to teach our children, yeah. and then teach them to be eloquent as well about their religion or about their beliefs, any, yeah. anything, um, and, and to be confident to to speak and have a debate. And we've gone full circle back to debating. Yeah. But this is this is where we are. We need to be, you know, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, "Well, why are you a Muslim?" You know, for our children to actually say, "Well, you know what? This is a reason why. And yeah. um, why are you a Christian, or why why do you believe in this?" So. Well, you know, what are you doing? Can and we then, have a discussion yeah, about it. And yeah. to be able to say, well, you know what? In the Quran it says this, or there's yeah. a hadith about that. And then that person say, Well, in the Bible is wouldn't that be an interesting yeah. concept? But I think um I think generally parents have a way to go with when you bring in other religions because they get scared that you're going to make their <laughs> their children go into another religion. We don't do that. But I would love to um get to the point where children in this school actually they at the moment, they they know about religions and they respect all the religions. But to actually know, you know, you know, I can talk, I can talk to that child about yeah. that, and you know, it's fine. And you know, I can play with that friend. You know, yeah, exactly. They they might not have the same beliefs as me, but you know what? We're all from Allah, aren't we? yeah, exactly. So that's the important thing, and you oh, never no, no, know what's going to come in the, you know, in the future. I always bring the children back to how I became a Muslim, yeah. and if I if I was around people that were really intolerant or harsh with me, yeah. do you think I'd become a Muslim? No. The people who I was with, they were soft, they answered my questions, you know, they were lovely people and loveliness brings loveliness, yeah, you know, definitely. if you're hard and you, you know, you, you don't well, say things and... Prophet uh, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's character
1: and personality gentle, was, yes. you know, was was what attracted Khadijah yeah. to him and and many other examples of people becoming Muslim earlier on. Yeah, so, definitely. you know, there's so many teachings that we can take just Absolutely. from that. And, and I think today in today's society, you know, uh, we really do struggle to really kind of just let our guard down a little bit. Yeah,
0: and, and speak. Yeah, you know, just, or just to be and
1: just... Uh, be a bit more welcoming as well. Yeah, um. um but, but I think maybe that's one of the challenges potentially. And people might disagree with me of possibly going to Muslim schools mm. in that you don't get enough exposure and experience to people who have different views to you. Yeah. And who look different to you yeah. and who have a different outlook on life because having that experience helps mold you and shape you and makes you become better. Makes you become more confident as a Muslim as well.
0: Yeah. And in Malaska we had um we had the I don't know if you have heard of three Faith forum. Yeah. It used to be called cool that it's changed yeah. now. Um, but we had links. We had a link with um, uh, a Christian school. We had a link with a Jewish school as well. Yeah. I mean, we were placed very nicely in Stoke Newington, and it had you know all these <laughs> yeah, schools yeah. around. But we had partnerships where the children would um, do a project with um, children of different faiths. It was amazing. Yeah. And we even had a massive debate. But we invited all of the um, different schools come and debate debate on a certain subject. Um, but it was fantastic, and when I came to Luton, it's one of the things I wanted to introduce in this school. I've yet to find a school that will want to partner with <laughs> with this school, so I'm I'm, I'm not going talk, to stop looking. Talk, talk to me after this, maybe we yeah, might have something yeah, that we can we help you with. Definitely want to because I I think we have to stop our parents from feeling scared, um, to, for for children to be exposed mm. to. Other people that are different to them.
1: And the parents need to yeah. go on an educational experience themselves. The other themselves. way
0: around, the other way around yeah. as well. Non Muslim parents to actually speak to yeah. um, Muslim children and parents. I, I think it's both ways, actually. No, There's definitely. a misunderstanding. Maybe I can bridge that gap. You never know. You never know.
1: A few more questions, inshallah, yeah. until we kind of wrap up where we uh, when we started. Alhamdulillah, it's been a really nice, lovely discussion. um where do you see the big opportunities are for Muslim schooling going forward? Mm.
0: For me, if I can make a child secure in their religion, their faith, and make them proud of where they are uh, as, as a Muslim, and you know where they should be academically, mm. we, we have to look at the whole child. Then um, after Islamic schooling... Um, I'm happy for them because they're securing where where they are for them for their parents to take them wherever yeah. they they go, um, but for me, I want to break out of the boundaries and the mold of you know academic schooling. As I actually want to move on to other stereotypes about Muslim women as well and girls to be scientists. Not just doctors, because you hear a lot about, you know, Asian families, they they become doctors and surgeons and things like that. Let's have engineers. Let's have this, let's have that. And that's, that's the reason why I'm bringing in Um, parents with real um, challenging careers to come in to inspire inspire our children to be something. So for me it's really important. So for Islamic schooling, as long as um, from where we are at Oakwood, they're secure in their religion and they've attained Mm. their Quran, the ambition that we have for their Quran reading and recitation and, and their memorization and they have a solid understanding of Islam. I think we we've done our job for primary like i said we've got an ambition for our secondary schooling and then after that you know um if we are so inshallah successful at getting a secondary school after that then hopefully our children will be in a really good position to go to the highest universities and that that would be amazing for, you know, children that came from Oakwood Primary to be able to go to Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that just be wonderful? And um, and then to become Prime Minister, that would be great. <laughs> I always say to my children, you can become Prime Minister because. Why not? You know, we put a ceiling on children, we do. or they put it on themselves. You know, but actually, why why can't they? Why
1: can't they? Yeah, and lot of bounties endless mm, so exactly. as muslims why would we not have that tawakkal in allah that actually you know any aspirations Make that we can have yeah. that we can actually achieve it. and i think yeah you know some of those values and some of the prophetic understandings that we have we need to start living it yeah and definitely. not just reading it and, 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 and just the put it to our Islam. side
0: he he was uh, he couldn't read he yeah. couldn't write and yet he could speak to anybody from a king yeah. he was so eloquent mashallah, mashallah. you you see you're right Allah's bounties are endless and we look at somebody who's illiterate and can be so skilled Yeah, all of our children can be skilled you know we, we just need for them to aim high, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter what career aspiration that child wants to have, but they've just got to aim to be the best.
1: Do you do you company. think? Do you think? Sorry to cut you in the trunk. No, it's fine. Do you think Islamic schools, are uh, aim high enough?
0: No, no, but we will. <laughs> we are going to.
1: But what, why do you? Why do you think that is?
0: I think it's expectation from from the teachers themselves. I think it could be from the the governors, the governance of the school. Are they ambitious enough? What I mean, I think you have to look at um, the the actual um, mission statement of the school. What's yeah. what what is the purpose of that school yeah. so you know if you look at that if you're looking at something that isn't exceptional mm. if your trustees want something to, to be exceptional yeah. they want to appoint somebody who knows what exceptional looks yeah. like so you're all on the same page but if you I think it comes from the leadership of the school you know but
1: what do, it, what do you think is behind all of this in terms of just I know we have mentioned protecting about
0: protecting children from the society that put them in a Muslim school <laughs>
1: i think no but because (laughs) we've spoken about you know um allah's bounty being endless and we've spoken about kind of prophet salam and his example of being the very best yeah and we know many a story about sahaba and what have you about you know aspiring for excellence and what have you so why is it that if we understand all of this and our schools are based on these foundations that why aren't we aiming for to be the very best why aren't uh, why aren't we working like, why isn't it? Why isn't it? Why can't we see that we're even working towards being the very best? Like, where, where's the where's the barrier? Where's the mental block here? I
0: think there are a lot of things. I mean, like I said, the leadership, I do think yeah. is there because if you've got the leadership and they're saying, this is what we need to do, this is how we're going to do it, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. follow the steps, we're going to get there. So, there's that. There's the ambition of the school itself. I mean, if you look at Muslim schools, do they have the ambition? Is it there? But then also, you've got to look at the skill set of mm. Muslim schools. And there's a wide variety of Muslim schools. You've got your free schools, um, you've got your independent schools, and you've got your voluntary aided schools. Uh, I would say generally, your voluntary aided schools and your free schools, the the um, the quality of teaching is really good, because you can pay the good salaries yeah, yeah, of course. and if you're paying the good salaries you're getting your qualified teachers yeah. and you know they you you've got the money to do things with them yeah and the resources um, and everything yeah, else that goes about. there i would say it's slightly different in an independent school because you can't pay those high salaries um you're literally taking the fees and paying the salaries from the fees and that yeah. that's it and if you don't get the children you don't get the 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 fees you don't get the um, money to pay the wages and then yeah. you might need to look for um, less qualified members of staff and if that's the case then you might have a different level of education mm. um, and that can be tricky and also in independent schools your proprietor and the head teacher don't need to be qualified either yeah. so do do you see what I mean so yeah. actually for me I see it as um, who who's leading the school and what, what is the quality of stuff like in the school um, for the teaching to be outstanding or to be highly ambitious for those children? What's it like and mm. how are you going to get them there? So it's multifaceted. But I think in independent schools, definitely one of the barriers is, is money, money and resources. Any
1: definitely. good tips to anybody listening in on how to have an effective... Business model or model in your school to be self-sustainable. Oh.
0: Fundraising, I don't know. We're still on that journey uh, ourselves. I don't know. Come back and ask me in a few years, and I'll I, let you I think know. that's one of
1: the biggest challenges. Full stop. Yeah. For our schools, isn't that having an mm-hmm. effective model in place so that you know financially yeah. we don't have those limitations? Because a lot of the time the financial limitations lead us here. Um, what would be the like if I was to kind of really hone you into one bit of advice? What's the one bit of advice? you would give to other school leaders um or even just to the general kind of your peers mm. about what we can do collectively to improve islamic schools you know what what would that be what do you think we could do collectively together to do that
0: think about your vision i think and if everybody thinks about the vision of what they want their school to be like so i know you know you've got your association of muslim schools and they're very helpful mashallah they're, they're amazing um but I think if if you were to group schools together, um, say in Luton, if yeah. you had a bunch of uh, primary schools and and you work together as a team of leaders um, to get your vision right, so you're, you're actually really focusing because I think you can't you can't have a successful school if you don't have your end point you've got to know what your end point is yep. i know i need to achieve these five things by the end when these children leave my school they've got to do this this is my minimum bare minimum so i think you've really got to focus on um what it is you you actually do want your school to achieve and if every if there's a collective group with similar visions or even different ones but they they then plan and I think planning is so important because you, you can't get to your, to your end point unless you know the steps to get yeah. there if that makes yeah. sense and how you're going to do it and, and that comes to me from my plan, I have a school development plan and maybe it's all old school but that's how I work I have a plan I have a plan for five years I know where I'm going to be in five years I know where the school's going to be in five years and I know where I should be in September Mm. and you know I work through it and and I'm accountable to my trustees to make sure we get there so I think planning vision and and making sure you can get there definitely and then problem solve through through your barriers, your staffing issues, or whatever. <laughs> you know, we all have the issues. And we all have issues. So, yeah, yeah we have to, you know, have a plan B. So, Sister
1: JazakAllah Khair for your time. Alhamdulillah, you know what? It's flown by.
0: I hope I've answered the questions properly. Well, I don't know. Let the audience be the judge of Inshallah.
1: that. But no, mashallah, I think oh it's been God, really good. I don't um, know. No, I think you're mashallah. <laughs> If you'd like to participate in the Murabiyun show, why not get in contact? It's as simple as going to our website, murabiyun.com and filling out this simple form.